This is Talking Flames, your favorite podcast to get the ins and outs of what's happening with the Calgary Flames and the rest of the hockey world. Join Ryan Hunt and Reese Martin every week to hear some laughs, gaffs, and hot takes about your Calgary Flames. Try to some save, rebound, he yeah! scores! Yeah, baby! Yeah, baby! My kid, Jimmy, scores! The Flames win it! One nothing! Welcome to Talking Flames, your favorite hockey podcast covering everything you need to know about your Calgary Flames. I am your host, Ryan Hunt. And I'm Reese Martin. Dude, have you froze to death yet? Like, (laughs) it's been so frigging cold, man. How how are you holding up? You know, just barely, like, our garage door stopped working last week. Oh. We lost hot water for an evening, but... Outside of that, you know, we're surviving. Got Dude, oh my god! Left bridge this week, <laughs> but you know that's what happens when you live in southern Alberta. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess in this case, I'm actually thankful that I don't have an electric um, door opener for my garage. Like the garage I have is just a single car garage, and you just open it by hand. And um. Yeah, I mean, there was a few times where when I was hoisting it up, it was like close to freezing. But, you know, we're vibing, we're good. But, dude, oh my God. So, I was originally planning on going out to a concert in downtown Edmonton last Saturday night um, at a venue called the Starlight Room. I say that only because it's like, it is an amazing spot. If you ever find yourself in Edmonton, go to the Starlight Room. Anyway... So I was planning on going to the Starlight Room uh, Saturday night, last Saturday night. And that morning, I decided to check the weather. You know, I was like, oh, how cold is it going to be tonight? <sighs> Bro, <laughs> it, it was, it got down to negative 60 last Saturday night in Edmonton. Six zero. No so, way, like... The actual temperature was negative 60? Well, okay, sorry, with the wind chill. The wind okay, chill brought yeah, it down go, to minus go. 60. I think in reality, it got down to like minus 53 or 55. Uh, <laughs> not quite negative 60, but you know. Um, so yeah, I I kept my sweet ass at home because I wasn't about to like get stranded out there and I, I didn't want to rely on like an Uber or a taxi or anything to get me home in like minus 60. So yeah, cold as hell. Um, and honestly, with the news that we have for the Calgary Flames Hockey Club, it's pretty cold. <laughs> like not much has been happening. The team's been winning. The team has been winning, but... You know, it's like nothing really game breaking, I guess. Like there, there's a few like cool things to talk about, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. But, you know, without further ado, let's stop pussyfooting around it. Reese, what happened this past week? All right. So uh, last Thursday, uh, we headed out to the desert as part of the dad's trip to play the Coyotes. Uh, we were recording during the first part of this game, and we absolutely came out flying. Uh, three goals in the first eight minutes. Uh, pretty much cruised from there. 
to a nice easy victory against the Coyotes. Not a whole lot else to report on that game. Markstrom had another incredibly solid performance. Uh, Huberto had a two-point night. Sharon Govich scored a hat-trick. Yeah, I mean, that, that game was sick. And, you know, in the past years, right, you know, we, we beat the Coyotes or whatever, and we're just like, oh, whatever, and, you know, they're bad. But they've been a good team this year. Are they are they great? No, but you know, in the wild card race, they're there. They're having a pretty freaking good year. And you know, honestly, for all, for all the turmoil that the Coyotes have been through, it's pretty freaking cool to see them like actually win hockey games and actually play exciting hockey games. And Clayton Keller remains to be like one of my favorite players outside of the Flames. <laughs> so I agree. You I know, agree. you have a Keller jersey, don't you? I do, yeah. It was expensive, yeah. but it's, it's pretty it. sick. I love the I love the Kachina jerseys. Yes, yes. So yeah, great ass six to two win. The dads were going crazy in the stands. You know, seeing those highlights when the Flames would score and <laughs> that entire section standing up, like oh my god. And you know, maybe on a bit of a side note, like I'd say. The whole, you know, mullet arena thing for the Coyotes has actually been working. It hasn't been a complete dumpster fire like we were expecting. Like, honestly, I wouldn't mind checking out an NHL game there. If I mean, I don't know how, why the hell I'd be in Arizona to catch a hockey game. But, <laughs> but I mean, if I had the chance to, to see a Coyotes game at mullet arena, better yet, if, like the Flames were there, that would be freaking sick. Yeah, the atmosphere there just seems like incredible, which, yeah, compared to what everyone was projecting it to be, like, it's worked out really, really well, I think, for the Coyotes, but hopefully they can find themselves a more permanent home in the coming years. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not a permanent solution for them, for sure, but I mean, <laughs> for how it's worked out, I mean, it proved me wrong, hasn't been a complete dumpster fire, but, you know, Flames stay in the desert. They hop over, over to Vegas. Yeah, so this one, another extremely solid game from the very beginning. Uh, after the second period, we were up 3 to nothing. Markstrom was on shutout watch this night. It looked like he might be able to get one. Uh, unfortunately, Chandler Stevenson uh, put the Knights up with one about halfway through the third. But other than that, like another fantastic performance from Markstrom. And another great victory. See, that one surprised me. Um, and not that I think the Flames are dookie necessarily. It's that the Golden Knights are good. I mean, you know, they they started off the season, like, fantastic. I think they set a record for being, like, one of the best, um, one of the best starts for a defending champion. Like, they won, like, their first... They were on a big win streak. They, were, they won, like, a dozen... Were they on a dozen game winning streak? Or something it was like 10 or 11 years 10 yeah like really close so you know they they started the season off just flying and you know they i think they they've lost a bit of their touch recently but i mean you know you think about the pacific division playoff race like vegas is gonna be there it doesn't matter <laughs> they are they're gonna be there for a while um so to get a 3-1 win against them especially on their turf it's good. It's real good. Yeah. I mean, like, since they had that hot start, they 
pretty much gone 500 since then. So like, they really have not been good as of late. But that's definitely true. still still a great victory over like the most recent Stanley Cup champion. So we'll take that, no question. And then uh, next this past Tuesday, we headed back to the dome to play the Coyotes. This time at home, of course. Uh, this one was a little closer uh, than the last game we played against them. Uh, no goals until the second period. Uh, the Coyotes were up by two, uh, a little bit into the third, but we had a nice comeback victory. Uh, we had two goals in pretty much a minute from Coleman and Kadri, uh, and then Sharon Govision had the overtime winner, so definitely lost love about that one. You know, I th- honestly thought this game was going <laughs> to turn into like a snooze fest. Um, and it sucked because, you know, of course, living in Edmonton, all I was hearing about at work and stuff was, you know, the, <laughs> you know, the, the crazy Oilers and Leafs game. And, you know, fr- from a hockey fan perspective, that game did not disappoint. That was absolutely crazy. Um, but of course, you know, down the QE2, it was the Flames and Coyotes game was a bit of a sleeper, right? The Flames were down and it just kind of seemed like they didn't have much life, but then suddenly they were just resurrected, which I mean, it seems that this iteration of, of the Flames has done that a lot, um, as stressful as it is. <laughs> But yeah, like, it was a really good victory. Um, You know, those two quick goals got it off immediately. And then, oh my god, that Sharon Govich OT win. Dude. Dude, oh my god. I remember I I was watching it live, and I didn't even know the puck went in the net. Hell, the announcers didn't even know. Like, I don't understand how anyone knew. Like, it's just, whew, so sexy. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, like, I saw a stat earlier today. Uh, both Sharon Govich and Coleman are top five in goals in 2024 so far with seven. So, before this season, if you would have told me that we'd have Coleman, Sharon Govich, top five in scoring for 2024, I would not have believed you one bit. Hell nah. Um, and yeah, like, and I guess we, we could kind of like, you know, really look back and, you know, I know a few weeks ago I was saying like, you know, I got to send my apologies to Conroy for, you know, I think I'm literally on record for roasting him about that trade involving Toffoli and holy crap, are we wreaking the benefits from that right now? So you know, crazy snipe, that game, that game was fantastic. But there was another thing, there was another thing that happened in that game. And I don't know if it's just me for being a little, like, salty. <laughs> but um, we're going to talk, like, the the Zary hit. I think we've all seen highlights of it. Um, and I think if the Flames lost that game, like if if they never amounted that comeback, if you know they lost like two zero or something, we would be talking about it still. But yeah, Reese, talk about it. What what was the Zary hit? What happened there? So yeah, with the Zary hit, like uh, Zary's coming out on the net. Uh, dirtbag defenseman Michael Kesselring 
Uh, it should be noted he was a prospect for the Oilers. They traded uh, him for uh, Nick Bukestad, the most recent trade deadline. Uh, so he pushes Zeri into the goaltender, uh, numbs him in the face with his stick, and then when he's down, brings the old stick down for a good cross-check. Uh, landed himself two penalties on that play, so definitely got what he deserved. But yeah, especially, you know, laying the cross-check to him while he's down. That's a dirtbag move right there. Dirtbag is right. And I was fully expecting... um. Like, I, w- I was fully expecting, like, him to get, like, a hearing or something from the league, you know? But, like, you know, the next morning came, and that's usually when, you know, the news drops. Like, oh, this this dude's getting a hearing for what they did last night, or they got fined, or whatever. And, like, nothing came of it. Like, that is such a dirtbag move. That's such a rat move. Just, mm, that pissed me off. Um, Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's pretty much like the the biggest things that happened from the past few games. You know, it's I I shouldn't say it's been lackluster because, you know, we're talking about three straight W's. Um and, you know, as we're talking, you know, they're on a four-game win streak. That could change because, you know, as we're talking, they're facing the Leafs. Um but they're on a four-game win streak. They're on a, a bit of a heater, which is cool. Um, but you know, there's not really much drama, you know, we, we could talk about, you know, the trade rumors, you know, Lindholm, Tanev, Hannafin. And I mean, I guess one thing we could bring up, and especially since they're playing the Leafs as we're talking is that, you know, especially it, it was on full display. I think when the Leafs were playing the Oilers the other night the Leafs defense is cheeks so cheeks and I mean their goaltending is a little worse but you know that's a different conversation but I mean you know one thing to strengthen their blue line would be a Chris Tanev do you think like do do you kind of agree with do you kind of see where where I'm I'm coming from with this or am I am I capping (laughs) yeah I mean like as I said last week like I love the idea of Tenev to the Leafs. He would be an absolutely perfect fit. A solid right shot defensive defenseman for that pretty dreadful defensive core as of the moment. So 100% I agree with you on that. Yeah, maybe swindle Brad for a little extra, but that's just me. But anyway, um, so moving along, uh, with a few things that happened. I think the, the most blaring thing that happened in like the past week or so was um Markstrom was put on the injured list. Not long-term IR, thank God. <laughs> but, you know, Marky's been playing lights out recently. Um, I think he's been one of the better or one of the best goaltenders in the league. Um yeah, we about that last week. And yeah, exactly. So he was put on the injured list um, and Dustin Wolf was called up. Yippee. Um, and so far he's on his second game, like during the stint since Markstrom got injured and hasn't seen the ice yet. I mean, it's fair against the game against Arizona because like, I think Markstrom was like the injury was announced like that morning and then Wolf was called up. 
so it would be unfair to throw him into into the snake pit that quick. Um, and then this game against the Leafs, I mean, I think experience is key here. Um, so that that's a good shot for Vladar. Um, but you know, maybe on Saturday, you know, we're playing the Oilers. Maybe Dustin Wolf gets to start in that game. That would be fun. But <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I'm. I want to take a rain check on that one. Uh, like Mark Smith listed as questionable uh, for Saturday, right? We don't really know the nature of his injury, right? Hopefully, he's back for that. Like, I don't love the idea of Dustin Wolf. You know, he's still single-digit starts in the NHL, playing. You know, a hockey night in Canada, Saturday night. Battle of Alberta at the Dome. I don't quite think that's the right situation to put him in for his confidence at this point, especially with how good the Oilers have been. So hopefully Markstrom is back. If not, we'll probably see Vladar play. Like We have games against the Blues, Columbus, and Chicago in the week after. So, you know, those are some pretty low-pressure starts compared to this pretty high-leverage situation here. But yeah, hopefully Markstrom's back. It would be be nice to have our best goaltender for a battle of Alberta. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I got a little, I got a little crazy with it. Um, <laughs> so I actually did not know that Markstrom was questionable for that, um, for the game on Saturday. So that's good. Um, and I know, like, uh, we were kind of discussing right before we started recording the pod that, um, or at least I, I was thinking that, uh, this injury quote-unquote from Markstrom might just be a bit of like load management thing you know maybe he was feeling a little sore and the team's like all right rest <laughs> we need you later rest now um so yeah like I I'd hope that I I want to see Dustin Wolf in the NHL as much as possible this season within reason of course um and yeah like I said maybe I was getting a little little crazy with it um <laughs> putting him against Connor McNeckbeard and the and the Oilers. So um all right, yeah, that's that's that. Uh moving right along. This was news from Thursday, you know, it wasn't too too crazy, but Adam Klapka was called up from the Wranglers. Let's go and, six eight beast, baby. Yeah, and I mean I, I think he's pretty good, especially for his size. You know, he's he's got he got silky mitts and um he's one of like the softest big guys i've seen like he'll fight but you know you don't really see him fighting too often which that's that's cool i mean this team definitely needs physicality since you know zadorov left but i mean you know do without what you will and then uh dennis gilbert was placed on ir um around the same time i think that's the reason why Klapko was called up um why i can't quite remember why he was placed on ir I think he took a hit, like a, he took a hard hit. He got a concussion. Um, he got a concussion. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right. Um, and he was a real physical presence. So hope to see him back with the with with the club soon. And then some more news uh, from Thursday. Um, well, maybe this actually happened on Wednesday, but Walker Dewar was placed on waivers. Um, actually, no, I think that's the reason why Clapko was called up because because <laughs> um, Dewar was placed on waivers, but. He cleared, which is cool. Um, so he was sent on to the Wranglers. You know, hopefully he can find his his step again and get back with the big club. Yeah. I mean, kind of a 
bit of a disappointing year for Walker Dewar, right? He looks so promising, uh, playing at the top line at times, right? 11 points in 27 games last year. After like a pretty solid run in the AHL, 26 points in 41 games. But this year so far, he's played kind of every other games, kind of been rotating in and out with Adam Ruzicka on the fourth line. Only four points in 19 games, you know, minus two. Really hasn't been an impact player at all. But as you said, hopefully go back down to the AHL, you know, maybe find a step back a little bit because we could definitely do with some of that magic that he had last year. Yeah. And, you know, I still fully remember last year um, when he scored his first career goal. I can't believe it, but he, he was the first NHL player born in South Dakota to score a goal. Like, that's it's kind of it's kind of crazy, but I mean, who the hell's from South Dakota anyway? I don't think I've ever met anyone from South Dakota. But yeah, I mean, regardless of that joke, like that's still pretty dope. Um, and yeah, like I said, you know, hopefully he he finds his gig game again. Thank God he cleared because that would have been painful to see him go to another team. But you know, good thing he cleared. He's gonna get back in the A. You know, find his game again, and maybe be back with the big club. I honestly thought that maybe Coronado might have been called up when when he was sent down to the Wranglers. Like, am I crazy for thinking that? Or I think well, it's like we're looking for right fourth liner out in Dewar, fourth liner in in Klapka. Like, there's no way Coronado's going to go down play on the fourth line. Like, Huberdo uh, missed you know last game with an illness, but he's back now, so there's no spot for him in the top nine, uh, Coronado that is. So I, I can understand the rationale behind keeping Coronado uh, in the AHL for the time being. That's true. That works with the lines. Um, and speaking about Huberto, oh my God, man. He's been looking great. You know, he's still been a point-per-game player in 2024 so far. It's over a point-per-game now, yeah. Yeah, he, I, I, yeah, he is, like, I think a little over a point-per-game. And mm -hmm. I know we touched up a little bit on it last week, how, you know, he looks good. Is it quite $10.5 million good? Not quite. No. Nope. But it's so much better since, you know, we're comparing to an almost scoreless month of December, right? Exactly. And I mean, it's not like he's simply getting lucky or capitalizing off, you know, Sharon Govich, hot streak. Like, we're seeing flashes like we've been begging for this last year and a half. We've just seen flashes of like vintage, like game breaking assist making Jonathan Huberto. So definitely not ten point five million dollars worth yet, but we're trending in the right direction and like you know, we're over halfway into January now. Still looks great, right? The question is, can he keep that up for the rest of the year? But absolutely love what we're seeing from Huberto so far this year. Yeah. You can't ask for any better. So, yeah, looking ahead to the next week. Uh, as we said, right now we're in the midst of the game against the Leafs. Uh, on Saturday, as we previously mentioned, uh, the Oilers are coming to the Dome for a Battle of Alberta. Of course, you know, one of the most anticipated games of the year, especially with how hot both teams have been. So should be a very spirited contest. Looking forward to watching that one. And finally, next Tuesday, uh, the mid-St. Louis Blues come to the dome and then next thursday the columbus blue jackets come to town so should be a pretty exciting week uh, especially with the battle of alberta game 
Yeah. And then we'll probably <laughs> we'll probably have a bit more to talk about next week. Oh my god. What a short one. Oof. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh like, you know, last season we were averaging like at least an hour every episode. But like this season, we're like averaging maybe 45 minutes, which I mean, I guess you know, for the listener experience, that ain't too bad. <laughs> Not that long, but it feels weird. But you know what? We'll we'll wrap this one up. Really looking forward to the Battle of Alberta game. That's going to be sick. But anyways, thank you so, so much for listening and your continued support. Um, Be sure to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you know when we upload. And if you really want to know when we upload, every Friday morning, by the way, um, you can hit the notification bell so you, the moment the episode goes up, you're the first one to know. Um, and be sure to follow us on socials at Talking Flames Pod on Instagram, I should say. Um, and there we post um, post-game scores and clips from the podcast. And, you know, if anything happens where we can't record an episode on for a Friday morning, because, you know, life happens sometimes, you'll be able to find out there. We'll post about it. We'll keep you informed. Anyway, I think that fully does it now. I got my little spiel out. Reese, anything to say? Let's go, Flames. Yes, sir. All right. We'll see you in the next one.